Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Welcome to another episode of Unapologetic. Uh, I'm Will Poston. I'm joined by my co-host, uh, Las Vegas Aces Center, Kia Stokes. Hey. <laughs> and uh, we got a, We have a new national champion in college basketball. That's got to be that's got to be kind of brutal for you because uh, your teammate is maybe the most high profile gamecock of all time. Have you gotten any text yeah. messages yet? Um, just uh, just a couple, but nothing nothing too crazy. Um, obviously, congrats to South Carolina. They had an amazing season. It's not really a surprise that they won. Um, and I'm really happy for Dawn as well. I think it's just in general a step forward for Black women, Black women coaching, anyone, Black women in sports in general. I think it's an amazing accomplishment um, to win multiple national championships. So I can't be mad at that part, <laughs> but also like uh, against UConn, like they haven't been back to the title game, and I think six years they said since 2016 so i thought you know once they got back there they was gonna surprise everyone and i put that in quotes because uconn winning isn't necessarily a surprise um but they were the <laughs> underdogs which is crazy uh so i was hoping that they went they would win um but unfortunately it didn't happen but you know nothing but congrats to south carolina i think it's an amazing accomplishment like i said they had a great season i just like the only thing that i'm really mad about and it's not even it doesn't even make you know a lot of sense but you know for uconn in general as a school for men's and women's basketball, we were 15 and 0 in championship games, and now we're 15 and 1, which is still like amazing when you think about it. <laughs> it's nice having a zero in the L column. So, if I had, if that's the the worst part about it. But like I said, congrats to South Carolina. We still have you know 11 championships for the women's side. Can't be mad. A great season for South Carolina and UConn. They'll just be back and better next year, hopefully. Yeah, it's kind of like so recently, Kareem. They're asking him about LeBron passing him for the uh, for the scoring title. So what's that like to be attached to a record and then have that? It, that's got to be the record, right? Most wins in a finals, like of any team before their first loss. I can't imagine somebody else having 15 wins. Like you could put that up against like Brazil soccer or something like that. I'm sure they had less World Cup wins before their first World Cup loss. Yeah, I mean, like I said, I don't really think of it like a record, like something to break, because I mean, everyone loses eventually, right? Like you can't be perfect forever, like it's gonna happen at some point or another. Sure. So it is what it is. Um, but like I said, it doesn't change the fact that, you know, I got my national titles. UConn is still a great basketball school. I mean, maybe <laughs> I'm biased, but I think if you just let the numbers speak, the women's has been more successful than the men's side. But as a school, like I said, they were well, you guys have they have been, 15. What'd you say? You have been more successful than every other team, basically. <laughs> 15 wins. I mean, Michael Jordan's looking at that like, wow. Like Bill Russell has... 11 wins and one loss in the finals, I think. It might be 11 wins. Yeah. I don't know. Like, he's looking at 15 and one, like, aspirationally. 
Yeah, like as a school, I think UConn is great. You know, the women's side, we got 11. The men's got four. I think, you know, that's hard to beat. So, to my knowledge, UConn is still the standard. Um, oh, for oh, you're saying total. most collective. I think yeah, it's yeah, probably UCLA. Too. I think UCLA I, might have more total. How many? I don't know how many of the women's side has. Yeah, yeah that's like true. That's nothing but a, a fact check. But yeah that was you know that was in the past <laughs> that's what they're gonna yeah. say you know 30 years from now like oh yeah that was in the past um but yeah you know to me you kind of still the standard especially for women's basketball because of their great accomplishments um and just all the talent that has been in that of uconn and all the talent that the uconn teams have had to play against it's incredible so to me it's still the standard although it's, it is great that the rest of college basketball is getting better um, so that the games are more competitive and it's not just like a guarantee that UConn is going to win because it definitely takes a lot of work. And clearly, you know, UConn hasn't won in six years, so they still got some work to do. But that is a great team. And I think that was part of why it was uh, everybody was so into it, but also why it was heartbreaking because that UConn team, I mean, obviously South Carolina, it's a really likable team too. They play really hard and they have a lot of talent. But that UConn team. And Don is cool. Yeah, Don's cool. No, it's <laughs> it's understandable why people feel so connected to that team. But that UConn team has a lot of star power. Like, to me, this is the most star power that's been on a college basketball team since, like, the Sue Bird undefeated last year team in terms of this year's UConn team. You think this year's UConn team is the best since Sue Bird? Played? No, star power. The most star power in terms of – Paige, Azzy, and Kristen, I feel like that's the most star power for a top three because you got the other teams that have like Stewie or Maya Moore and they'll have like a second star too, but to have three people who are basically like three of the 10 biggest stars in college basketball on one I mean, team. I get with what they're saying, but like also no, because I mean, I'm taking- <laughs> Like, you could have those three, and I'm still, like, as of right now, I'm still taking Maya and Tina. Like, you know what I mean? Like, that's In terms of star power, though, because, like, Tina. Maya and Tina. No, Maya. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, no. No, you're right. You're right. Yeah, yeah, no, no. I know. I mean, Tina's a star, but, like, do you think Tina's a bigger, Tina was a bigger star as a college sophomore than Kristen is now? Uh, yeah. Okay. Well, <laughs> I mean, well, I mean, TikTok, TikTok is new, so we can't compare those numbers. Well, that's different. Like social media, are you talking about social media wise? Because I'm talking about full stardom, social media as a piece of it, but I'm talking about full stardom. Oh, uh, I mean, that makes it a little different, just because the social media does add a bit more. There's more uh, ways to get views and likes and followings now. But in, I'm thinking more in terms of like. Star power, personality. Yeah. I'm not talking about talent because talent, it's so hard to compare when you're talking about, like, first of all, all three of the women I just named on this current team are going to be significantly better next year. Whereas Tina, yeah. we're comparing, we're looking at her as like her last year of UConn. Or if you're being unfair, you can even look at her as an MVP candidate last year, which you're <laughs> you're 1% doing. I mean, Kia, I know you're like 1%. Like, Kia, like, like Tina what? was the MVP. But I'm not talking about that. I'm just talking about star power as a 19, 20-year-old. Um, I mean, yeah, but in terms is. of talent, I think people are going to be shocked at how good Kristen Williams's WNBA career is. Like, I think that, I mean, I think she's going to have 
a career like at Jewel Lloyd's level in the WNBA, like a very, like maybe not, she, she's not the best player in the league, but like, I think she'll accomplish so a lot. Good. Yeah. Like really good. I think so too. I mean, I, I think so too. It is, it's just hard to say because, you know, back in the day, you know, before social media was as big as it was, players in college weren't necessar- necessarily like aiming for that, you know? So yeah. but now you can make a lot more money. You can get a lot more visibility, which can lead to, you know, more money in the future, more, you know, notoriety or whatever you want. So it is a different, just a different era, I would say. But I also think like if we had that kind of, I don't know, like opportunities in our in college to actually get paid um, for things <laughs> other than just a free scholarship, which is great. Don't get me wrong. But I mean, like Skylar Diggins is going to be up there. Uh, for sure. would be up there. Like, there's just so many players that missed out on a lot of money just because of the stupid NCAA rules. But that's a whole other conversation. I ain't trying to get into all that. <laughs> so last week, I think right after we recorded, we realized that you you had just started a series that I had just finished. And I, I think that uh, I'm very excited to talk about it with you because these are exactly the kinds of topics where I'm like, Oh, this is perfect for the podcast. And I never in a million years, if we hadn't just been talking, would have been like, oh, this is the thing we should be talking about on the podcast. (laughs) Right. (laughs) But you watched, now you have watched all of Bad Vegan, which is a show on Netflix about a vegan vegan restaurateur who had her money spent by her predator husband. Husband. Is that? Husband at that. (laughs) <laughs> yeah no um he spent all of her money <laughs> he definitely spent all of her money that part you can't really walk away from the series without all right so let's let's start with this point i guess one of the debates is around how um susceptible the average person would be to to what happened to this lady so on the scale of she's a victim to on the scale of to on one side to the other side of like, yeah, but leave the house that's haunted, you know, like in a haunted house movie, it's like, yeah, the house is haunted. I'm sorry that your house is haunted, but you should leave. Why are you, why is it, why are we two hours into the movie and you haven't left the house? So on the scale of a hundred percent a victim to a hundred percent living in a haunted house, where do you put her? Huh? That is tough because as I'm watching it, I'm like, are you dumb? Like, I don't know. <laughs> just because I, I just personally for me, if someone asked me for $10,000, I'm not giving you $10,000 unless like you're literally my immediate family. And I'm not going to give it to someone who I just met, who I'm dating this year. Like, no. But what if be- they could, what if they could make your dog immortal? I don't even have a dog, but (laughs) what if they could find you an immortal dog, which by the way, is a great promise. If you don't care about somebody hating you in like seven and a half years, if you're like, like, okay, this person is going to capital H hate me. The crazy thing is dog's still alive. So who knows? I mean, who are we to question this guy's integrity? Hey, (laughs) you know, the dog is still alive. So I don't know, but so Cause I get it. Like love makes love makes you do stupid and crazy things. So like that part, I get kind of be manipulated. Like that can happen to I feel like almost anyone, depending on what your situation is, what that person's situation is. You never know what could happen. 
But it's just a fact, like, when the little thing popped up that said she gave 1.7 in two years, I'm like, how? And then, and then there was one point where he was like, I'll never ask you for more money after this. I promise. I swear. Da, 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 da. And then he's still asking for, like, 35000 like, two months later. Like, no. Like, at a certain point, I just feel like she's was smart enough to understand, like, bro, you're taking it from the business, giving to this guy. You don't know where it's going. And he keeps saying money ain't a thing, and he's not paying you back. Like, if she was yeah. getting the money back, that's different. But, like, he's taking it, and then if you give him 50000 he gives you five. I'm like, bro. Yeah. No, I mean, it's like there's an element of it where she's just doing cognitive dissonance on purpose because she'll be like, Oh, I, I lent him 50,000. And then 10 days later, he sent me back 35,000. So he half paid me back. And it's like, lady, he just only spent the part that he didn't send back to you. He's playing you. And that's the thing that's most annoying about it is that he's so clearly playing the long con. He's not doing the thing of like, It'd be one thing if he was like, okay, give me all of your money today. And she's like, no, I'll give you this amount. And then he did that. But he's so playing her for the future. And you're just like, like, it's like cigarettes. It's not like heroin where, oh, we're going to, we're going to zonk you out in the moment. It's like cigarettes. Like we're going to take hundreds of thousands of dollars from you every week, but only on only like three times. a week. But yeah. So in terms of her being a victim, we're just leaving on the house. To me, it's leaning more towards you should have just left. Like, it was just, to me, it just was all, she just fell in love too quick to be given $1.7 million to this guy. But then she started lying and, like, using the fake name for him to another investor to get more money. And then I'm like, so are you in on it? Or, like, you knew it was wrong. And then even when they were in, like, running off together, I'm like, you don't even stay in the same room. We could just dip. Well, that's like, the, okay. So that's the other part of it too. That's so curious to me is like, on the one hand, uh, he's so clearly playing her that a lot of it's just easy to, to see. It's, you'd go, how, it's right in front of her eyes. How can she miss it? And then the other thing is, do you feel like she even loved him? I it's, feel like at first, yeah. I mean. You think so? Yeah, I felt like I he was like... dragging her into the relationship on the front end. Like she was just like, uh, I don't know how I feel. And he would be like, well, at this restaurant, you said I loved you when like right after. Remember, there's the thing of like, yeah, uh, he 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 showed her a bunch of hundreds of thousands of dollars worth of jewelry and said he was going to buy it all for her. And this is so cringy, but it's like <laughs> he doesn't buy it for her. But immediately after she tries it all on, she's like, I think I love you. And then he kept bringing up that she said, I think I love you. Even though it's like, that's the most emphatic statement of love she makes during the whole (laughs) beginning part of the relationship. It's very strange. Yeah. Well, I mean, you saw what her dad said at the end was like, I feel like she was trying to con him and, you know, thinking he was actually rich and then he flipped it. So like maybe Mm -hmm. that was a part of it. But I do think that if you actually have good conversation, and we, of course, going to see what they all talked about uh, via text or on the phone or FaceTime or whatever. So we don't know what they actually talked about or, you know, if they got to know each other, what that was. But I do think that you can fall in love 
okay, maybe not like that fast, but I think she <laughs> generally learns like love and care about someone in a short amount of time. So I think at one point she did, or maybe she just really enjoyed the connection that they had. And maybe she just wanted to make it work for whatever reason. But at the end, clearly there was no love there. But then when at the end, when they're showing like she got out of prison and stuff, and then she had a conversation on the phone in yeah. 2019, I said, what? And, she, like, and he's no. making her laugh. I mean, that part is very strange. Okay, so the best argument that she doesn't love him is the fact that they enter their relationship because she she sees him on Alec Baldwin's social media, which is like, it's crazy that all this stuff ends up tracing its way back to Alec Baldwin. Like all right. these horror <laughs> stories. He's at the center of every horror story in history. Um, but... Then, uh, so there's that thing where it's like, does she even love him or do, is she just kind of using his proximity to Alec Baldwin to feel special? But then the best argument that she does love him is at the end, she can't stop interacting with them. And you, you think, is this, is she doing this because she thinks this is the way to keep her dog alive? Or is she just obsessed with this guy? I, I feel like... I don't know, because clearly he put you through hell and made you <laughs> miserable. And it seemed like you were they were just fighting all the time and she wasn't happy and she was being controlled and she couldn't even go to Chipotle to hang with Dustin for more than like an hour. <laughs> but I'm like, do you not see that? And it'd be different if it like just ended and like it's fresh and like she just spent, you know, four years with the dude. But like you spent four years and then you was out and he was still in jail for at least a year. Then you went to jail for three, four months or whatever it was. <laughs> and then you still trying to answer the phone when he calls. Like that part's not clicking to me. So it's like, were they in love? By, by the way, how great was Dustin? Dustin, you just, <laughs> you feel for that character because when he's doing the interviews, now he knows all the backstory. So before, when he meets her at the Chipotle, he's working at the Chipotle, he's like, wow, this is the most amazing person I ever met at my Chipotle at work. We became right. friends so quickly. And now it's like, oh, this was this person's absolute rock bottom. I never would have <laughs> met this person if they didn't have their life turned upside down by a predator. I'm not, this person was never supposed to be at my Chipotle. This person yeah. went from being like a Wolf of Wall Street type person right out of pen to now they're running the most successful vegan restaurant in Manhattan to now they're hiding out with a fake name at my Chipotle. That's, that's how I met this person. Yeah. I mean, that's a great story. That's one of the first day stories. Like you would not believe <laughs> like, I don't know. That's just, I was glad that they found him though. Cause when they started, when she started talking about him, I'm thinking, I'm like, they got to have Dustin on here. I, I didn't know what this dude looks like. I got to yeah. have the story. So, didn't I mean, look was, like how you thought he was going to look like. Not at all. He just looks. I mean, he just looks like so boring. You're just like. like I mean, I wouldn't say boring. Like he had a little well, southern accent. He had a little twang to him, but he just seemed like normal, like a normal guy. Just yeah. Normal. Okay. Normal. Normal is a better word. But he yeah. just like. Okay, so you know what? You're 100 percent right. He's just normal. It's just everyone before him is freaking crazy. Like even yeah. <laughs> some of the people that work at the restaurant that don't do anything crazy, that are nice people, they still seem kind of crazy. They're still like, I would, yeah, I don't know who would come back after she stopped paying the first time. Some like, of them I came would. back like three times and they kind of got, 
bad vegan by proxy by her. They're like, and so I was working for her for a year and a half without any of my checks cashing. And I sent her an email that's like, look, I believe in your vision, but I really need to be able to not get kicked out of my apartment this month. And she would send right. them a, a message back that's like, all will come true in time. Aw, he's low. He's so cute, though. But yeah, <laughs> some of them, some of the workers, I just think that they just stayed too long. Like, I know it's a family and all this and that. I'm sure they were great friends. But like, if I'm working for my friends and they not answering the phone and they not yeah. telling me what's going on and they not paying me, I'm going to be like, bruh, you got a month to do that. Well, it'd be different because I'm not living pay- paycheck to paycheck. But if I had to live paycheck to paycheck, I don't know how long that would last because like I need money. I got I need to eat. I got bills to pay and I'm working for free. Like, nah. So what are Same like my friend? I'd be pissed. What are the good lines in the stand that people should like? Do you have your own? your like your personal code for any relationship where you're like, OK, if a person does this, like some people go, oh, if you're rude to waiters or if you're always late, like people have their personal lines where it's like, no matter how much I like this person. Just so I'm not stuck in a thing that ruins me, <laughs> I can't tolerate this. Do you ha- do you have stuff like that? Um, I feel like not necessarily. I mean, if you're late all the time, I hate that, but it's not like <laughs> a deal breaker. I know this sounds stupid, but like if I text you, like, hey, let me know when you get home, and you don't, like every now and then okay i get it but like if it's a consistent thing like i don't know why but that like irks my soul like gotcha irks it but like for the most part i don't have anything that comes to mind right now but like giving money from the jump is a no so yeah for sure (laughs) no that's that that is one of mine that is for sure i mean yeah if oh you need a especially if it's framed as a loan like a non-specific loan like if you if you want me to give you money then i need to know exactly what it's for and also like the yeah it couldn't be like some vague if i in the in the thing he goes if i tell you to light all of your money on fire you should do it and you go well this sounds like this sounds like you're just going if i am abusive in any way you should do it like that part i said girl do you hear what he's telling you and I would just be pissed because, like, I'm not giving money to my friends that claim they have money. Yes. Like, some of my friends, if they don't have it or if they can't pay for dinner one night, all right, that's cool, whatever. Like, we've had a whole relationship. Like, we've had a whole friendship before that. That ain't a problem. But, like, if I just meet you and we're going out and you got all this money and this, this, and that, and then you asking me for $10,000, i would be like, yo, bro, go into your bank account. Like, didn't you just say you was worth 20 mil? Like, so what do you got to do with me? Like, no, we're not doing that. Yeah. Like, we're not doing that. That's the, I mean, that's the red flag of all red flags that he's talking about money so much. But then he, okay, this is, this is one thing that sets the documentary apart. This is the, the spoiler alert of the documentary. The fact that. We didn't spoil it already. (laughs) No, we spoiled like a hundred things. But to me, this is the thing where it's like, this is the craziest part of it is he has the fake go-between, you know, who's like, he pretends to be a secret agent, basically. Dude pretends to be a secret agent, and he has a fake go-between that they, the documentary pr- plays as a different person, 
and to narrate their emails. And it's really effective because you imagine a different person. But if I never, I assume that these people, this person must have met up with her a bunch of times. Don't you? When you see the yeah. person who's narrating, you're like, oh, she must have met this narrator. They must have I'm at least sure been on the that. phone. But when it's just text on a screen and you're believing that this is a different person, that to me was the king of all red flags. Like, I am not going to have a relationship with a associate of yours who I never see the face of and don't know. That's insane. And I just got to take your word for it. Like, oh, yeah, this is my associate. He's if I, you can't get in touch with me, go through him. And I never met him. Like, my first thought, I didn't know he wasn't real. <laughs> Me like, too. I didn't know. Because I'm like, yo, they had the dude on camera. <laughs> I was like, finally, it's reasonable. She met this guy who has a vague Scandinavian accent. Maybe he's German. I don't know. And she assumes that her, her boyfriend at the time is some international man of mystery because he's got this international associate. And then you go, wait, he's writing these emails just like how he talks in his fucking dumb Long Island, whatever. And now he's, now he's the guy again, cause it's not even a new guy. Like at least if you met a different guy and you go, oh, maybe the email, but it's the same vibe just from emails. It's very frustrating. Couldn't do it. Actually, you know what would have been a red flag from the jump? It's finding <laughs> out his real name wasn't uh, Oh, holy shit. Yes. <laughs> yeah. I forgot that's... all about that. Like, first of all, when you show me a mugshot of the dude that says Anthony whatever, hey, he's clearly not in the CIA, and he's clearly not this, this, and that, and been in jail, I think that would have been like, all right, see, we're not, we can't continue this. Like, you just lied about your identity, your whole job, for what? And then to find out all the money's going to gambling, I thought it was going to be like... No, I knew I it was know. gambling. I knew because I, I knew a kid in college who was a gambling addict, I assume, because what we knew, like he started with as a freshman with us. Then halfway through freshman year, he dropped out and would just every time he wouldn't tell his parents that he dropped out. So he would just uh, he would just spend the the tuition thing at gamble like at Harris in New Orleans because we were, really? you know, we were all at two lanes. So there's like the big casino Harris, you just go to Harris, spend the tuition check. And it was the same exact vibe of like, he had this enormous bad day coming up years from now. And he knew it because, you know, it's like every, within three years, he's get his parents are going to come to his graduation. He's going to have no degree and he's <laughs> going to have to go, yeah, I haven't been going to, oh, where's the money? Oh, I've been gambling the money every semester. Like he knew that was coming. Oh, here's the thing that also made me think that he was just a gambler because his dad and him were kind of so close, but their relationship was so volatile. And his dad was telling him, like basically encouraging all of his lies. And backing and, up his stories to all his mm -hmm. wives. So for his dad to be like, it's for his dad to be enabling that predator behavior in that way. You go, okay, so these, this kid was around when his dad was being a gambling addict and a predator and doing all of these things. Mm -hmm. And so his dad basically excused that behavior in his son to normalize it for himself. And uh, yeah, so one, the gambling by that point, to me, the big reveal was the 
German special agent guy not existing. Because once he didn't exist, I was like, oh, this guy's going to be basic as fuck from here on out. Like, I saw that oh, coming. Yeah. yeah. It was funny, actually, uh, watching it. Because when it showed on the screen, like, the text. And I was like, yeah, he was at Foxwoods and Mohegan in 2015. <laughs> My mom was like, oh, you might have saw him at Mohegan. <laughs> I said, mom, first of all, he was in the high stakes. He was in the high limits area. I was over at the five limit table. So, like, let's not do that. <laughs> It was like, dang, this was happening right around my time. And I mean, I never would have known. But like, I don't know, when I watch people gamble, they be throwing away so much money. Ugh. But yeah, he is a, what a guy that that guy is. And he's just out free on the streets. I wonder if he is doing well. I feel like I'm this sure Swindler he's... guy is doing great. I feel like he's like famous now. So I mean, now he if, actually has money. <laughs> I haven't seen the Tinder, uh, Tinder Swindler thing yet. I've heard about it. I imagine it's the same with this guy too. It's like once you have a skill set, and this guy like honed a skill set as a predator, he's gonna be back with somebody. He's gonna have a sequel. It's gonna be like Godfather, where there's gonna be three big bad vegans. Oh boy. I mean, mm, I hope not. But now I hope last... people just listen and realize that he's not a good guy to be around and hopefully they see that when they actually do a background check or they see that his name is not real they do the right thing and just stay away yeah if you look up somebody's name and or the name that somebody doesn't give you for them and you see their face with a mugshot that's never a good sign you're like oh Hello. this guy i know jeff well he's actually a murderer named trevor yeah cut jeff out of your life too you don't need you don't need yeah, that you don't need those now, la last question about him. Uh, how big of a thing do you think it is for his whole modus operandi that he is tall? Like, do you think that he could pull this off if he's not six foot five? Um, I will say there's always a possibility because if he portrayed that he had money, a lot of girls go for that. So they can get over you know he's got the combo he he does the combo that is smart yeah like if you got money if you're tall i'm okay that's not for everyone but like if you're tall you got a shot and if you got money you got a shot so if you put them together or make someone think that i feel like there's always a a chance but you know what else kind of disturbed me when he was like i'm getting fat and disgusting it's a test for you i'm like bro you just want to sit at home and eat pizza, pizza and chicken wings <laughs> And she believed it. I'm like, like, ugh. Yeah, so that that last red flag might not have been the most prominent red flag, but it was the most disgusting to go, I'm going to get myself gross and it's going to be a test for you. You know what it reminded me of? It reminded me of, do you ever see the movie Dodgeball with Ben Stiller and Vince Vaughn? Of you remember course. Dwight Goodman? You remember the character who's like the health nut freak? And then at the end, he's he's eating all the Super chicken. Fat. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and that's actually, I feel like that's spot on. Like, yeah. I mean, that, the biggest difference between Ben Stiller and that guy was the height difference. Like Dwight Goodman could have <laughs> literally vegan, American vegan vibe if he, uh, if he had had that guy's body for sure. Oh, definitely for sure. He was... <laughs> He was super fit and then just said, By the way, it tastes good. Do you think it hurts the predator guy's self esteem that in the very beginning, when he first meets her in New York, she goes, like, Oh, he's a little bit chubbier than he described himself, blah, blah, blah. And then it, it shows the guy, the predator guy, 
And then it shows how he changes, how he looked before he met her. It shows how he gets at the end when they're on the run. And it's like what she described as chubby and a little disappointing was by far the best shape of his life. Right. I was like, <laughs> like that wasn't even that bad compared to <laughs> where he <laughs> gets like, she has a problem with him being like eight pounds overweight. But then later when he's like 60 pounds overweight and aggressive and mean all the time and literally like pure Cartman vibes. She's like, oh well, I think he'll bounce back. You can bounce. I mean, that ain't no bounce back. That's an active, you got to yeah. work to get that. It's not like, oh, yeah, I'm going to go on a juice cleanse for three days and I'm going to be right back with a six pack. Like, nah, bro, you got to go in the gym and like get to getting because that ain't yeah. no easy feat to try to handle there. I, mm, she better than me. That's all I know. That's another thing. <laughs> like, how do you tell your partner, like, Hey, hon, you're getting a little to get to the uh, gym. <laughs> I think there's no way to. <laughs> I think that your best bet is to just put the numbers down in front of them. I think that that is an instance. If you go like, what are the reasons why people invented numbers? The real reasons they invented numbers was like, how much, how much money you owe me, first of all. How late you always are to this. Like, they wanted to be able to tell their neighbors, like, you owe me this many oranges. You're this amount late to my parties, and you have gained this much weight, and it is unsightly. Like, there's only a few reasons why people even needed numbers in the first place. And that's one of them. And, and that's one of them? Oh, wow. That's. Uh... I'd say top five reasons why cave people invented numbers were to tell their partner <laughs> that they'd gained weight. <laughs> oh, man. I mean... I don't know. They're how are you going to do that without numbers? Look, how are you going to do it without numbers? Like beyond going, look, a doctor thinks that your target <laughs> weight is fifth is this minus 15. How would you possibly tell a person like just using adjectives, pretend, pretend I'm a person who you're concerned about because they've gotten too heavy and then just do it with adjectives and try to make it sound nice. Uh, <laughs> I'll be like, Hey, um, I feel like we've been eating, you know, a lot of junk food lately. Why oh, you do the just... both of us thing? You're going <laughs> to... Yeah, like, why don't we just go for a walk? Or, like, why don't we have a competition or, you know, <laughs> something like that? I don't know. That just sounds bad. And I know that sounds so bad. Like, you shouldn't be worried about, like, your partner's weight. But, like, also, you know, you want the best for your partner. So, yeah. I don't know. No, I you got it. I, I kind of think it's the opposite. I think you kind of have a responsibility to worry about... Cause especially well, like, to yeah. worry about it. Yeah. But like, you know, how people like break up with someone or like they don't <laughs> want to be with them anymore because they gain weight. Like that part isn't okay. But like, that's what I'm saying. Like if, well, that's just, like, okay. So that's the difference between, <laughs> am I worrying about it for you or, or am I worrying about it for me? Now I actually think people should feel a hundred percent excuse if they're worrying about it selfishly. That's the time where I'm like, yeah, be selfish. Like you should be selfish. What if I think my partner is fat and I don't yeah. like it? Because think about what the alternative is. It's like you're gonna be with somebody who you don't like it that they look a certain way for forever. Like they're gonna look like that for I mean, forever. No one's, no one's skinny forever though. No, that's true. Well, I guess it's like I guess there's a spectrum to it. Like you gotta do it within reason. But yeah. what I would say is like if you're if the person you're with, like, 
I don't know. I look at all of the stuff in the addiction category as pretty similar, whether that's fair or unfair. So if the person that you're with gets addicted to food or if they get addicted to alcohol or if they get addicted to gambling, like once they, once that addiction is a thing that you can no longer tolerate, I think that you're right to be like, yep. And I've had like, I'm just a person that's like, your addiction or or the whole till death do us part thing my thing is within reason like you don't get to just start doing an abusive thing so right. also so a lot of people their line is abusive that makes sense like oh if so, the other person's abusive then you're out i would right. say my personal line also includes addiction like if if my wife was a gambling addict and taking money out of my account and spending all of our money and giving me back a thousand dollars after she, and then expecting me to play stupid all the time. Like, well, you borrowed 10,000 and gave me back 2000. When can I get the other eight? Well, Oh, after you send me another 15. No, that doesn't work like that. So yeah, but the dog's going to be immortal. So it's fine. That's <laughs> true. Well, well, uh, I need to, I need to see at least a Guinness world record breaking dog. I don't need to meet an immortal dog, but I need to meet like a 32 year old dog. If you're going to make me that promise. Yeah. Cause I need to see at least some, somehow this happened before. <laughs> but anyways, I feel like that's enough of bad vegan slash everything else. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Now you're right. Um, well, so you have one, you have one uh, topic for tonight's uh, national championship game. Um, let's, yeah. let's end so with that. Yeah, we're recording this on Monday, so we obviously don't know what's going to happen for the game. But I guess it's two questions. One, your prediction for the night, just so I can either rub it in your face or congratulate <laughs> you on being right. So who do you so, think? Kansas I, as, or I, as I told you, I think that like I've just felt disconnected from the tournament because the teams I invested time in during the year are not still in it. I had no idea North Carolina was going to be <laughs> still in it at this point. Um mm-hmm. I, I guess I'm going North Carolina because they seem to me like a team that's getting better every game. I don't know. I, I, I guess North Carolina. I also think that um, it if it'll just feel real, really weird if they don't win it to me because then the whole Duke-North Carolina thing will be like an, an asterisk. Yeah. Like it, it won't be like – I don't know. It's like when people talk about those Houston Warriors series and they were so competitive and it felt like that was the finals before the finals. Um, But then if the Warriors had lost, like when people talk about, nobody talks about the Warriors playoff series that were competitive before they lost to the Cavs. The Mm -hmm. Rocket series only mattered because the Warriors ended up winning it all. So it's like, well, these Rocket teams were pretty good. They lost to the champs. So the UNC Duke thing, I'll just feel stupid for even having cared about it if UNC (laughs) doesn't win. So just to salvage my time. That's that's fair. That's valid. I'm, of course, going to go with Kansas now because you said UNC. uh, (laughs) Okay. uh, My other question was, do you think that fans around the country and probably world view Coach K as a villain? And if yes, because I just saw this on Twitter today. And in, if yes, do you think they feel the same way about Gino? 
because I saw that comparison as well, that both of them are the villains. And the whole point of men's basketball and women's basketball is to beat Coach K and Gino. I thought that was an interesting take. Um, I think that Gino is considered a villain in women's college basketball right now. Um, but not like not like a bad guy villain, just like in wrestling, there's the Undertaker where it's like nobody nobody is supposed to root for the Undertaker because he just represents the he's like the obstacle for heroes to transcend. Um mm-hmm. I feel like in football, when we were kids, Parcells was kind of that, where it's like, if you beat Parcells, then you're really good. I guess there were people rooting for Bill Parcells, but I don't know. <laughs> I didn't feel any. Yeah. I, so I guess Gino is, of he's for sure considered the villain. And I think he's also, it's like when they win, the team are heroes and the, there's no villainy put on the team. It's kind of a weird dynamic. I don't think people root against the UConn team, but then when the UConn team loses, they revel in Gino having lost. Like I feel the, the players. Way. Oh, really? Always, yes. Well, maybe because I went to UConn, but it's like, if I look at my timeline, anyone that went to UConn loves UConn. Like, UConn, UConn, UConn. <laughs> anyone else that didn't go there, it's like, I hope UConn loses. I hope UConn loses. Like, the Aces put out a poll uh, before the game, and it was like, who do you want to win? And of course, I'm like, UConn. And then well, someone comments like, anybody but UConn. Like, but that's Damn. the Aces. <laughs> the, the Aces are... You know, they have the most prominent UConn beater in, I mean, you know, on their team as the star, you know, the franchise player. Well, yeah, but they didn't say, they didn't say I want South Carolina to win. It was well, like anybody but UConn. Let's, so let's see I feel if, like- if the Storm puts out that same poll, Storm fans are going to be all rooting for UConn, I think. Uh, Just because there's going to be a contingent of the fan base that's like UConn heads. Okay, maybe. I don't know. I just feel like it's always everybody against UConn. But I also I don't think that's against the players. I think consistently, I don't think it's the players. That's the distinction. Like I think consistently, when UConn wins, the players always get celebrated at an appropriate level. Whether it's Diana Taurasi or Maya Moore or Tina Charles, like if you win at UConn, then you get celebrated. And I think the same thing will happen to Kristen and Paige and Azzy. And all of them, I think they'll get celebrated next year when they win the championship. But I think that when UConn loses, people revel in that Geno lost. And I actually think that that's a, a good dynamic. It reminds me of the Spurs. Like when the Spurs win, people celebrate the players. Like only you got to kind of be a dick to hate Tim Duncan. Like you kind of got to suck yeah. to hate Tim Duncan. Like Tony Parker's hateable, but you got to you kind of got to suck to hate Manu Ginobili. But when Popovich would lose, people would be like rubbing it in his face that he lost. And I think that that's a fine dynamic for a team to have. Uh, I mean, I disagree. I mean, (laughs) because like as someone that went to UConn and now was playing against players around the world and around the country, it's always like, oh, you went to UConn. Like, (laughs) of course, at the moment in college, like we're not getting like a bunch of hate and stuff. But like after that, like it's Maybe it's because UConn has been so successful, but it's like you don't hear teams saying like, oh, I want anyone to win except South Carolina. The most I hear is like, I want anyone to win but Duke. Like, I feel like Duke is uh, because they've been successful, obviously not on the same level in terms of titles as UConn. 
uh, like UConn women's side, but I just feel like there's a lot of people that want anyone but UConn or anyone but Duke. So I do feel like they're similar in that way, but not necessarily like, like I said, you said it doesn't necessarily happen to the players, but my timeline right now in shambles because South Carolina oh, yeah. is like, I mean, there's a lot of congrats to South Carolina and there's a lot of, I'm just glad it wasn't UConn. And I'm like, damn, that's messed up, but I get it. You know, you take down the top dog, you go <laughs> I think that there might be a, a super team component to both those teams. Like, I think there's a little bit of that with how it was with the Miami Heat where people are like, you know, with Duke, they get five All-Americans, UConn, five All-Americans, same thing. Um, and so people feel like they're stacking the deck, especially if they have that kind of relationship with college basketball or even with sports. Where it's like some people watch sports and they want to see – 50 teams that are all at the same level competing and they just want to see like best players inch their teams above the competition. But then other people, when they see a 40 team tournament, 50 team tournament, they want eight of the teams to be star studded. And like, basically it's, it's your basketball philosophy. Do you, would you rather watch the LeBron Dwayne Wade Miami heat or would you rather watch the Memphis Grizzlies and you have a team with like one superstar and then support players behind them. But I just personally think like the Memphis Grizzlies thing is a lie because if you look at the Memphis Grizzlies, I think that Jaron Jackson and Desmond Bain and even Dylan Brooks are stars. Like the fact that you're way more familiar with one face of the team versus like, even when we watched the last dance documentary, it's like mm-hmm. Tony Kukoc was a top three European player at the time. And that's the probably the fourth best guy on that team, if mm-hmm. maybe the third best. But this this idea of, oh, do you have the team with the one star way out in front or the team where there's like the Golden State Warriors with Durant, where you have like four stars all at a similar tier. Mm-hmm. At the end of the day, the ta- like teams that are at the very top of the heap are incredibly talented and work really hard. Like, I don't know. It's to me, I don't think there's a talent gap. It's just how those teams are marketed. I think it is a little bit of like a lie in marketing to be like, oh, for to sure. treat, to treat the Grizzlies like they're less talented than the Heatles. It's like, no, they just don't have the same amount of uh, marketing dollars poured into them before. And a smaller the, market. Yeah. Like, you know, mm. so, Interesting. That's all I got to say. <laughs> I mean, I don't think South Carolina is any less talented than UConn. And I think the oh, fact no, that the fact that like Aaliyah Boston is the only player on South Carolina as famous as the four or five most famous. I know that South Carolina has a couple of players who are going to go pro who are really good. But in terms of like name recognition, they don't have the same amount of name recognition, but that's mostly I, I don't think there's any talent. Gap. I mean, if anything, South Carolina has more talent or at least older talent than UConn does yeah, right now. Yeah, I mean, they won. Yeah, but that that being said, if <laughs> South Carolina would have lost, it wouldn't have been like, oh, yeah, I'm glad it was anybody but South Carolina. For like, sure. I just feel like they just think of, I guess it's just, you know, top teams that people want to see them lose. Maybe that's what it is. But still. A lot of times people root, they find it fun to root against the team that's always in there. Like it's kind of like the Patriots. I think UConn and the new England Patriots have a very similar vibe in terms of how people feel about them. Like Mm -hmm. people love 
to root against the Patriots, but they also are very willing to give credit to the Patriots. Like not even just Tom Brady, but people go, Oh, Gronkowski's the best tight end ever. Um, this offensive lineman or this defensive lineman, Teddy Bruschi, Richard Seymour, really good. Like nobody's taking away from the Patriots players, but there are people that are like, well, I'm going to root against the Patriots every time they're in the Super Bowl just because they're there all the time. Yeah. I mean, I guess it's pretty similar, you know, <laughs> huh, but what do I know? <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. So I think that tonight it'll probably be Kansas. Cause you said Kansas and I said UNC for tonight. I mean, but- I picked every, every game wrong. So at this point, who really knows? I, oh, also in my little bracket tournament with my dad's group. So the last time I checked, which was two days ago, and of course nothing can change because every team I picked is now out. Um, but I am 34th out of 37, <laughs> but my dad is last. So at least I beat him. <laughs> I think my mom's somewhere in the middle. I would have to check again, but yeah, she did okay. Does he care that he's last or now he has to um, act like it's kind of cool to save the embarrassment? No, he does not want to be last. He was like, man, how I let your suck ass beat me? I was like, you know what? <laughs> You're like, everyone beat you. Know. It wasn't yeah, just like, me. You know, yeah, I said, I ain't watch one single men's uh, NCAA game this year. And look, I still beat you. So that's really <laughs> all that matters. But hopefully next year I can maybe like get close to being like in the middle. <laughs> I just want to yeah. get in the middle. <laughs> that's no, it's important <laughs> to set achievable goals. And I'm confident that You'll you'll get to if you watch two college basketball games next year. Yeah, you can you gonna, can get top fifteen out of forty. Yeah, I feel like that's doable. I'm gonna make two brackets. Although I think I could only enter one, but I'm gonna do one yeah. with my picks that I think, and then I'm gonna do one completely random and like flip a coin. I don't care if it has a sixteen upset and a one seed. I'm gonna put it down because at this and, point, I can't get any worse. <laughs> and for the for the second bracket. For name, you should put Shane Fox. Yeah. Oh, great. Shane Fox. I'll never know it's me. That, that was, That's actually that a good was one. The, that was the guy from the – that was the name he used on Bad Vegan, remember? He's like, Shane yeah. Fox. That, I can't remember if that's the real name or the fake name, but the one thing yeah, I will say – That's name. His real well, name is like Anthony Str- Stranger, Stranger, something like that. That's know. the crazy thing, right? Both of his names sound like fake names. Yeah. It's like Shane Fox. It's like immediately I'm like, Shane Fox, that's a fake name. And then you hear his real name and it's like Anthony Strange Guy. And you're like, oh, Strange Guy. This doesn't oh sound God. credible either. It doesn't sound good. But I mean, her name also didn't, her last name, I don't know where she was from, but I did not think that was, well, her name is Sarma. Yeah. So that's not a very no, common name. All of it. It all sounded like Austin <laughs> Powers' names, where it's like, and then we call my friend Dr. Evil. And he said, <laughs> like, none of it sounded. That was another thing about it, too, where it's like, and it created enough distance where you could kind of enjoy it like they weren't real people. Uh, yeah. Because if you think about it like they are real people, then you go, well, they didn't interview the mom. So she must still be devastated. She must I mean, be like, he yeah. took money from the moms, man. Yeah. I, I told my mom, if I ever date someone and they ask you for money, she better call me. If okay. if I ever date someone and they want to talk with you about me, that's enough of a red flag. Not even like ask you for money, but he would send her emails where she he'd be like, Sarma's being difficult again to her mom. And that shit got me so mad. I was like, man, that would have been enough for me to fucking... 
burn your computer. Oh, if I let all your computers and gaming stuff on fire, are you going to be cool with that? You want me to light my money on fire? How about I light some of your stuff on fire? Oh, my gosh. That just – oh, there are so many parts where I just can't believe it, but yet it happened. Ugh. Poor girl, kind of. Should have just left the haunted house, but, you know, I'm not in her situation, so I'm going to just shut up. Well, if you have any thoughts on Bad Vegan, by all means, hit us up. You can hit me up on Instagram, at Will Posnan. You can hit Kia up, at KStokes41. Yeah, I'm actually – I would love to hear if there's people that think that uh, there is anything that could be taken out of Bad Vegan that makes either of them sympathetic. I, I can't. I mean, I just feel bad that she lost all her money in her business, and she's never going to get a loan again in her life. But also, like, you kind of did it to yourself. Eh, not did it to yourself, but you kind of allowed well, yourself to get in too deep. Yeah. Just put it like that. Here's the other big part of it. They put out the documentary to be like, enjoy this story. It'd be one thing if you heard about, like, if I heard about this story from a friend, like, you know what happened to our mutual friend? They got swindled out of millions of dollars i'd be like oh that's terrible but if they put out a documentary with snazzy music and it was on netflix i'd be like okay i'm gonna actually enjoy your misery i can't fully commit to just feeling sympathy i'm gonna feel just like kind of happy that this didn't happen to me yeah but i did hear that she got like the money she earned from being in this documentary or whatever she gave to like her ex-employees and stuff and like paid them back that's what i heard my mom oh that's me. good i don't know if it's accurate your so mom wrong with my mom don't that... fact check me back my mom fact check my mom <laughs> that's like the quintessential thing that my mom would say that would just be wishful thinking on her end like she didn't hear it from anyone she's she just it. like Oh, I hope that, but I, you, mom, where did you read that? Oh, I just hoped that if she got money from it, she would give it to her employees. Oh, so you just, you just wanted it to be out. Okay. No, I it. believe my mom. She reads a lot of articles, so I'm sure she looked into it. <laughs> I'm assuming. That's what she, she went a lot in my face like that. Like she was like yeah. right over there. She went a lot she's, in she's a, she's a good omnivore. She's not a bad vegan. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. All right. Let's end it with that. Thanks for listening and we'll see you next week.